0: you're listening to the IPHC leadership cast hello and welcome to this edition of the IPHC leadership cast my name is Garrett Magby I'm the website manager for the communication services here at the IPHC and today we have a very special guest all the way from Amsterdam Netherlands Matt Uh, and 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 I want to I want to say this this is Matt Helen um and Matt and I had a chance to talk prior to this this conversation, and Matt is a great guy. And, and Matt, so I just want you to know, uh, starting off, that uh, I'm privileged to be talking with you, and um, I think it's really cool that we can meet with you uh, via Skype and uh, and talk all the way across, across the world. So um, anyway, uh, Matt has actually been in the ministry for nine years, um, and uh, really got a uh, a stirring when he was young. Um, earlier you talked about being 13 and really kind of hearing the first initial parts of your calling into where you're at now. And so I want you to tell me a little bit more about that here in just a minute. Um, you, you're married to your wife, Femka, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you guys have been married for how long? Uh,
1: 11 years,
0: 11 years, 11 years going on, going on uh, 75, right? <laughs> That's right? That's right. Um, well, Matt, it is a pleasure to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. I'm doing really, and I'm glad to glad to be able to talk
1: to you guys. Um, you asked me about my uh, yeah my calling. I was actually uh, born in Chile in South America. My, my parents were IPHC missionaries in Chile, and uh, I was born with cerebral palsy, uh, and the doctor said that I'd never be able to walk or talk, and when I was about six months old, my aunt in California uh, sent a, a, a prayer cloth uh, down to Chile. And my mother sewed that to my pajamas, and within one month's time, I was totally healed of cerebral palsy. Wow. Uh, so as far as hearing God's call, uh, um, and if it weren't for God healing me of cerebral palsy, I'd be in a wheelchair right now. And so all of my life, I've, I, I saw my parents minister, my, my brother, my dad, preach and teach and pray for the sick. So I always thought, I, I want to do what my, my, my daddy and my brother do. And so I kind of followed Jesus and followed them in the footsteps, and now I get to be a missionary. Uh, just like they were, but I get to do it in, in Holland, in Europe. In Europe.
0: In Europe. And, and tell me this, uh, an interesting story about how you ended up there. This was your first choice or not your first choice of places to be uh, for ministry? Well, how did that happen? Well, what
1: happened was when I was 13, uh, we had an evangelist come through our church uh, in Tulsa, and he started uh, saying, describing Amsterdam as a dark place where women who were wearing basically nothing but a t-shirt or just very sc- scantily clad, we're sitting by the windows and the drugs and just all these horrible things about Amsterdam. And he th- said, you got to be really tough to go to a place like that. So when I was 13, I said, God, I'll be a to Africa, Latin America, wherever, but God, I don't ever want to go to Amsterdam. <laughs> uh, so I joked sometimes, I say, uh, uh, "Yeah, this is where I said I never wanted to go. And, and this, I've lived here nine years and I love living in Amsterdam. And I love being I'm not Dutch so i got the the Dutch and American passport and it's wonderful to be able to uh to share Jesus with people here
0: that's awesome that's awesome and 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 in that calling you um uh you really it's kind of one of those things where uh, i it, it seems to me and the first thought I have when you're telling me that is the the story of jonah um Almost. And of course, I'm sure you've heard that before uh, in conjunction with this. But, um, you know, that's just sometimes God needs us to go places that that he has to give us the strength to go. And, and we wind up we wind up where he calls us to be uh, when we follow that that calling. And and that's where, you know, his work is done most effectively. So, um, well,
1: you know, that's a lot of times when people think of missions, they, they don't think of Europe because they think that Europe is a, a Christian continent or a well-off continent. Right. And what's crazy about this nation is that uh, in 1898, 97% of people were, were church members. And now in my city, only about 2% of people ever go to church. And that's double of what most European nations, as far as evangelical Christians, uh, it's, it's around 1%. And there's thousands of, of cities or, or even villages, uh, small cities that don't have one single church. So it's been really amazing that, that Europe has now become a mission field. And it's not just reaching Europeans, but in my nation, in my city, there's over 177 nations represented. So um, we can really reach a lot of nations by being in, in such a strategic place such as
0: Amsterdam. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and over there, you, you're, uh, your work, tell me a little bit more about the work that's going on right now, because I know a lot of stuff is happening um, yeah especially currently you're seeing a lot of things developing that um, are just kind of uh moving quickly and and uh you know uh, branching out spreading quite a bit so tell me a little bit about um about what's going on over there
1: well uh what's going on is is in the last few months we've been experiencing a lot of what some people would call power evangelism um as far as what we've done here, we planted a church new life west and we're starting other other groups in English and Spanish, um, being that I speak those two languages. Uh, But our our vision is to reach, to plant lots of churches, to reach lots of people uh, through the love of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, I've been using uh, power evangelism, which is basically using the gifts of the Spirit, of of healing and prophecy, uh, words of knowledge, uh, to reach out to people who, who don't necessarily believe that God exists or that God has anything significant to say to them. Um, so what this entails is that every every week I'm going out on the streets just looking for people to talk to, uh, looking for people who I can pray for for healing or, or giving them a word from God. And um, this this takes place in many different settings. For example, I, I regularly go to psychic fairs. Mm-hmm. And there at psychic fairs, people are looking for things that are supernatural um, and what they, many people don't know is that we have the Holy Spirit and uh, that when they come to our table, many times uh, if they figure out that we're Christians, they might say, ah, I don't want anything to do with, with Jesus or with the church. And uh, our reaction, will, do you have any pain in your body? And when they say yes, we'll pray for them. And, and many, many times, uh, almost most of the time, Jesus heals them. And so really, this is really cool to be able to do evangelism, as, as Paul wrote in Corinthians, not with words, uh, not with just with words or, or arguments, uh, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, this is really significant because this is part of our inheritance as a Pentecostal Holiness Church, is is the power of the Holy Spirit. And even Dr. Beecham has declared a, a focus on the gifts of the Spirit this year. Yeah. And so I, I've i done evangelism in different ways, and I really, really love to do that in combination with the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: That's awesome. And And how did that how did that develop? I mean, what gave you this idea to, um, go into psychic fairs and, and kind of like, you know, cause there is, there's a drawing. People are looking for something they're seeking and they're, they're seeking in the wrong area. But by you being there, you're actually providing them a chance to, to find the, tr- the true path. So what gave you that, that, that calling or that idea to go there and use that as a ministry, um, uh, you know, field?
1: Well, the thing is, I am in an area which, is, uh, which many people would call difficult as far as doing evangelism. Uh, so I'm always experimenting and I'm always looking for, for different ways to reach out to people. And being that God has healed me of cerebral palsy, um, I've seen uh, God heal people throughout my life, throughout my ministry. And uh, it was actually a friend of mine who was very prophetic. He, he told me, you know, I really feel like the next couple months you're going to do an uh, uh, evangelist outreach It's going to be a great success. So what we did was that here they have on the king's birthday, it was then the queen. Uh, they have a big garage sale on the street. and we set up a tent, uh, and on that tent we offered uh, free healing, uh, free uh, dream interpretation, uh, for words for your encouraging words for your life and future. And uh, we had a bunch of uh, scripture cards in our hands. And, uh, we went out and we just said, take a word, pick a card, word for your life. And everybody thought that we were, that we were acting like psychics or something, but it was just scripture cards and people would pick those cards, uh, and through the scripture, through God's word, uh, God would begin to speak to them. And, uh, throughout the day, we saw different people healed and touched by Jesus. And again, uh, this might be an an unorthodox way of doing things, uh, but it is a way that, that is, that is showing fruit. Um, I mean, I, I, I have lots and lots of stories, uh, about how, uh, people at psychic fairs, but also on the street at businesses, um, as we listen to Jesus and we listen to people, uh, many times, uh, as we step out in faith, uh, people are touched and people are healed. And that is a lot
0: of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now tell me, tell me more about, because evangelism is such, um, uh, you know, such a primary focus of what you're doing—it's uh, all evangelism. Um, uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, kind of the the success of evangelism. How do you how do you succeed at evangelism? Uh, become effective, be able to to gain these these um, places of ministry, but then also, how do you make it stick once it's once it's implemented? How do you really make it stick?
1: Well, I mean, these are questions which which we we're, we're continually looking for. Uh, because basically uh, in this part of the world uh, the church is not growing uh, and in this part of the world uh, a lot of people do see the church as irrelevant as as, as unimportant uh, so that means that we've got to find ways uh, to be able to to reach people and I I see personally the gifts of the spirit prophecy healing of knowledge as part of our inheritance and, and part of the way that the church grew after Pentecost and and the way that, that we should be operating now. Um, so let's see which 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 direction I can take this. Um, most people in this context where I'm at are very close to Christianity. They're not interested. Uh, so they might be close and maybe even against. But when God gives you a word of knowledge, that's, that's, that's correct. When God heals them, all of a sudden they'll be more open than they were before. So like, I can give an example of the office space that I rent in order that I can get to know people. Uh, a guy walks in and says, man, my nose has been bleeding for days. It won't stop. And so I said, well, give me your hand. He gave me a hand. I said, no, stop bleeding in Jesus' name. And his nose didn't bleed. For, it stopped bleeding for, for days. It was done. And immediately he knew, oh, Matt Helen, he's not just a pastor of church, but he has something that I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the Middle East recently, and, uh, and I was sitting with a man, uh, a Muslim man. And I just walked up and said, do you have any pain? He said, yeah, I have pain in my shoulder. I said, well, well, let's see what happens. And I started praying for him. And Jesus took all the pain out of his shoulder and out of his, out of his joints where he had so much pain. And, as, and he was amazing. He's like, man, I, I've met many Christians, but I, I, I've never met a Christian like you. You're, you're powerful and uh, it has nothing to do with me, uh, it has to do with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then as we continue to, to talk, uh, he asked me, what should I do? And all of a sudden, the picture of a shoe dropped into my mind. And I looked at him and said, um, do you like uh, repair things? Like, do you, re- do you repair shoes or clothes? And he says, well, somebody just offered me a course on how to repair shoes. Should I do that or should I work with wood? I looked at him and said, go ahead and do the shoes. Um, and so it's, it's really fun uh, to be able to do evangelism, talking to people, by listening to people, but also listening to the Holy Spirit and what he might say. Uh, he wants to do it and and say what he want, he might be saying to those people.
0: Wow! wow. And with this uh, with this guy in the shoes, he went that direction. Did Did you ever hear what I mean? What came out of that is because it, it sounds to me like that would be something. Um, you know, the Lord has a direction for him, has something that he has for him to do in that area. I don't know.
1: Um, well, that's. I was only in that nation for. A few- few days, but the people that were with me were blown away. They're like, Man, this is amazing how open he is. And the important thing to know about evangelism is that evangelism is a process. Right. So it's not, it's not, see in the United States, we're, we're used to being in parts of the world where people understand who Jesus is, where people know who God is. But in the places where I minister, people have no clue who God is. People have no clue who Jesus is. I mean, you might as well be talking about the sun. Mm-hmm. uh or or Buddha uh, because people don't don't know the gospel and they, they've never heard any of the Bible stories of David and Goliath or Jonah. Um, so what this means is is that uh, we've got to know that evangelism is, is, is a process that's going to take longer uh, uh, so that means that it's building friendships relationships and instead of getting a person to you know share four points in a, in a sinner's prayer which is wonderful I'm not against that. Uh, But it's actually getting people to know what the gospel means so that they can make uh, a decision to give their lives to Christ and know what that means.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Is it for you? Is it it a process where a lot of times, and I, I think this is in a lot of cases, a lot of times people plant seeds they don't realize the end result, the, the full growth of that seed. But a lot of what our evangelism um, is or is for, like you said a minute ago, you were in a nation for a brief period of time. Uh, you might not see the full extent of what happened there, but you know that you had your part to play. You played your part and, and evangelized and was able to speak into the lives of those people. And that might branch out and speak into the lives of hundreds of people at the, at the end of the day. Um but a lot of times, you know, a lot of evangelists might feel like, um, "Oh, you know, I never see the fruits of my of my labor," that sort of thing. But it's, it, you know, tell us a, a little bit about that. Do you ever come across those types of feelings sometimes whenever you don't get to see the end result,
1: or? Of course, of course. Um, I was here. Uh, well, well, before before I, I tell about that, let me just quote Timothy Keller. He says, "Research shows that the more varied ways a person hears the gospel, and the more often a person hears the gospel." before making a commitment, the better the comprehension, the less likely of a reversion to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, there's, these, there's many evangelist crusades where thousands might come to the Lord, but as far as percentage-wise, very few of those decisions quite often stick. So our, our goal is not just to make converts, but our goal is to make disciples. So that's why we want to see people not just say a prayer, We want them to be able to see their life totally transformed. Um, So let me put it this way. I remember after being in Holland for four years, I I was really discouraged because I'd only baptized a few people and things were going slow. I only had 10 or 11 people in my church. And um, I was really discouraged. And I I called a a mentor of mine, Jim Eby. And I called him and I said, man, Jim, Jim, I I don't know what to do. I've, I've had some offers from a uh, Spanish-speaking church and an Indonesian church to take over those churches. And Jimmy B told me, uh, Matt, most ministers don't reap the harvest that they could uh, reap because they're looking for greener fields somewhere else. And so they give up too soon. And uh, because they give up too soon and then they look for uh, greener grass somewhere else, but they never get the harvest that they could get. And so what I always say is if the the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, then water your grass. Nurture and develop the people that God has given you. Don't ever complain about the people that God gives you. And so that was at the four-year mark. And it was about the next year that God really began to open up the gifts of spirit, prophecy, and, and healing and these things to me. And really, it was those... And I'm not just talking about the gifts of spirit, but also just the relationships and the the seeds that I was sowing in those first four years that enabled me to to see the harvest that we are seeing now. And so a lot of ministry is realizing it's not about your career. It's not about you. It's about loving the people that God gives you. And as you love those people, knowing that God can do a lot more See, this is, this is one of the things people want everything to go quickly and they want to have quick success. But as, as Lynn Barry from, from Spain once said, he said, uh, you can set up a a mobile home and you don't need to put a very deep foundation or you can, you can put a very deep foundation and build a house that will last. And so I guess what I'm trying to say here is ministry is not about what you do, um, it's about who you are we're human beings and not human doings so just be faithful where god has placed you and if you're faithful in a little then then he'll put you over the much
0: amen that's that's good um, Matt uh, now we're getting close to the end of our time uh, in this podcast, um, but what I want to ask you is do you have a final a final word or a final thought something you want to leave the listeners with um, when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to um, you know ministry, uh, anything like that that you would like for them to to walk away with and, and, and really keep on their hearts and on their minds and, and, and meditate on: Yeah I want to give
1: you Galatians 6, nine and 10 says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, don't give up. Don't give up, man. Jesus, he took the cross. He took the beatings. He took the the stripes and, and the crown of thorns. So uh, it doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what people think about you. Don't do ministry uh, for people. Don't do ministry as a career. Do ministry out of obedience uh, to God. Uh, Jesus basically said that the two greatest commandments are to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love yourself as, as you love your neighbor. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so I just want to encourage everybody who's watching or listening, um, do ministry for one reason, uh, and that's obedience to Jesus. And just know that God loves you, and with the same love that he loves you, love the people that are around you. And if you do that, then you will see your life change change and the lives of the people around you. God bless.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Matt. We uh, really appreciate you talking with us today. And hopefully we'll uh, talk to you again very, very soon. God bless. Thank you for listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.